0: This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 44, recorded March 16th, 2011, Missing the Mark. Welcome to this week in Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and back with us once again... Father Andrew
1: Dickinson. Good to be back, Father. Father, where did you go again last week? I was standing around in the Mississippi mud. Of oh, the Mississippi. <laughs> oh, so you're in Lake Itasca, Upper Minnesota. No. Oh. no, I was in uh, the state of Mississippi oh. and their mud—not the oh. Mississippi River mud. <laughs> uh, no, doing a mission work in uh, the uh, impoverished area of northern Mississippi, uh, uh, working with a mission of the Sacred Heart Fathers uh, that have uh, a mission there. Um, good stuff, uh, working, uh, helping out the poor up there, and uh, standing in a whole lot of mud.
0: So what kind of work were you guys doing?
1: Uh, we had uh, a lot of manual labor of uh, repairing, working some stuff. We had some pretty handy college students with us. We had uh, 17 college students, uh, one uh, retired faculty member and myself, or one retired staff member, I should say, and myself. And uh, we like, we built a storage shed for uh, some people in low-income housing, replaced someone's floor where their floor had rotted out from uh, water or termites, uh, did uh, some uh, big elbow uh, grease scrubbing of a uh, recovered soup kitchen.
0: Hmm. Well, that was—we done there a week or less?
1: Yep. Well, we were really about four days of work, uh, so a uh, couple days of travel on each end, split it up into two days of traveling. And
0: you drove, I presume, with seventeen people? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, welcome back to uh, almost spring, spring-like South Dakota
1: it's uh, It's good to be here,
0: yes, yes, so um, Father and I were talking about what to talk about, and uh, you I'm sure uh, will the, the listener will recall from this last Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent, uh, we had a couple of temptation narratives. Um, first reading was from the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, where we have the, the narrative of uh, the, the fall. Adam and Eve committing the first sin um, and, and disobeying God uh, and falling. Um, and then in the Gospels we have our Lord being led into the desert by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil and uh, facing the three temptations from Satan. And he, unlike our uh, progenitors... Adam and Eve um, uh, stood steadfast in his obedience to the Father and did not sin. Now, we could, if we have time, maybe, Father, we could get into the topic of why was Satan bothering to tempt God in the first place? But that's not what we were going to talk about. So that will be a uh, would you uh, uh, an addendum, if we are able to get to it, because we have something... Um, not necessarily much more interesting, but certainly I think something much more practical uh, and, 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 in a sense, applicable to talk about. So, so Father, tell us, tell the listener what, what we were ta- thinking of, of discussing with regard to these, these readings.
1: Time out, time out, time out. Okay. I'd just like the listeners to uh, acknowledge and thank uh, Dr. Chris Bergwald for letting me know of uh, a tangent or extracurricular run before we actually get there. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, on, uh, on a question, maybe a more speculative theology. Exactly. Uh, looking at the mind of the evil one, so hard to know the mind of the evil one. So it's good to have some warning ahead of
0: time. And this way, and, and you know, in this way, we can easily say, oh, we're out of time on the podcast. Even though the podcast technically, well, we could run out of time because we have busy things to do. Um, but, but but this way, Father can is, is text me and say, "I really don't want to talk about this right now. I have to get going," and then I can just naturally segue out. However, to be clear to the listener, if we don't get to the topic, that doesn't necessarily mean that's because Father texted me. It could just be because we're done.
1: So, <laughs> I don't know if you could, could you hear, could you hear me typing you? Oh boy. So,
0: I have one other, one other thing too, uh, to explain that and any other behaviors which occurred during this podcast um, of course we had the time change and I told father beforehand I'm pretty muddle minded so um, I'm sorry and,
1: I, and I'm still muddle minded from uh recovery from Mississippi as well so father what
0: what what did we have in mind for our actual applicable theme for today
1: applicable uh, let's talk about let's talk about sin
0: oh all right.
1: Yeah. And why it is that I, the why it is that we, I, you, everybody chooses sin, and because we find that in the book of Genesis this, uh, this past Sunday, so it's a good thing to think about, especially here during Lent, you know, and because it ties in very well actually with why we do Lenten discipline and Lenten penances. Right. And so. So what? Bergwald,
0: sorry. Go ahead, Father.
1: Doctor Bergwald. Why do we choose sin?
0: Um, Because we are evil and malicious and ill-bent beings.
1: Exactly! No! (laughs) We choose sin quite often because we have an appetite for good, right? So when we choose to sin, it's not that we're choosing something bad because we know it's bad. We choose something that we think in that moment is good.
0: And, And in fact, may be good well, yeah. Yeah. In that moment.
1: Yeah. Right. It may be good, but it may not just be the right. The
0: right for for us at that time, as you said, in, in that right. moment. So
1: let's get into this a little bit. Let's go to the actual text of the fall of the book of Genesis. Right. It's so Genesis chapter three. Uh, for those of you that uh, are Catholic and don't know what I'm referring to, uh, <laughs> those of you that aren't Catholic might have this verse. These verses memorized. Uh, so, of course, we had this uh, for the first reading this last Sunday. The serpent, the most cunning of all the animals, uh, goes up to the woman and says, Did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? Now, remembering that just a few verses earlier in chapter 2, we heard that uh, they could eat from any tree in the garden. The tree of life, the tree of pomegranates, I don't know, the tree of uh, the tree of bacon, um you have a bacon tree in your backyard, don't you? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> or whatever tree it might be, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's the tree that they couldn't eat from. And so, you know, Satan comes in, just tries to mislead them, and says, you know, could God say you couldn't eat from any of the trees? Uh, this woman and so Eve answers, we can eat from any, we can eat the fruit of the trees in the garden. There's only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. And God said you shall eat it, lest and even touch it, lest you die. And so the serpent lies and says, you will not die, for God knows the moment will eat it, your eyes will be open, you'll be like gods who know what is good and what is bad. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. Now in that sentence, Dr. Bergwald, the woman saw the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. At which point do we hear of Eve uh, saying that she saw that eating from the tree would be bad.
0: We do not.
1: We do not. Okay. Because human appetites, the way God made our human appetites, he made us to desire good. He made us to desire good things. He made us to want to desire good things. And so the things that we choose to do, we in some way look on them. When I say look, I mean in uh, in terms of all the senses, just in our faculties as a human person, all your powers of observation. You look at them and you believe them to be good. we catch that? Yep. Good. Uh-huh. So when we sin, it's not a matter of me choosing something because I know it's bad. You know, we, uh, any of you f- fans of Looney Tunes or maybe other old cartoons might know those. When they portray the moment of temptation, you know, for a character in cartoons, you have the good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other shoulder, right? And the good angel's like, no, you know, no, don't do this. But the bad one usually says, oh, you, it's bad. It's... You know, be bad, be bad. Really, the tempter never tells us be bad. The tempter tells us you can do what you what you're choosing isn't bad. Right. What you're choosing is actually good. Right. And so that's that's the deception of sin. The deception of sin is portraying a false good or a improper good as a true good. How
0: do you think about? It? Well, what I'm reminded of here one of the things that uh i love pointing out from the along these lines from the catechism there's a there's a there's a spot in the catechism of course where it talks about sin there are many places the catechism talks about sin but one there's sort of a definition and it says that the catechism says that sin is an offense against blank 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 and blank like it gives numerous things this an offense against and what i'll do is i'll ask people so what's the 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 first thing that's listed, and actually the first thing that's listed is that sin is an offense against reason, against what is proper to know. And I think, and that plays or not plays right into fits perfectly with 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 the point you're making here is uh, that when we sin. We are choosing something which is good, but we're choosing it at the wrong time or the wrong circumstance, or it's wrong for us at that point. It's not bad in and of itself. It is a good thing, as you're saying. But but we have not properly thought about it, so to speak, uh, to choose the thing which is best for us. We're choosing something which, at least at that point, is less than good and, and therefore ultimately evil for us. Um, right. and I th- And I think that's a... Either way, either way, whichever way you you express this point, um, I think that's something which it, it, it's so important for people to understand because we have a notion, I think, of or the way that most people think about sin is, boy, we we just you know it, it, it's. When we when we say somebody's sinning, we're saying they're doing something horrible. Like I was joking at the beginning, we're evil, we're <laughs> malicious. Exactly. And but that's not. That's we we recognize that in the vast majority of cases, when you and I commit sins, we're not out to, you know, give the finger to God, so to speak. We're choosing something which is an apparent good, or is objectively good, but is not good for us right now. And trying to communicate that the real nature of what sin is, I think, can be, can be very helpful for people to understand um, in, a, in a greater way uh, the, the truths of our spiritual life.
1: Very much so. Uh, and, and in that sense, too, um, we get to the whole idea of the virtue of prudence. Right. You know, that prudence That's- is choosing the right thing at the right time in the right way. Um, and so just because, you know, um, bacon is a good thing, right? Bacon is a good thing. You know, Acts chapter 11, arise, Peter, slaughter, and eat. Well, God has declared clean, you shall declare unclean. Bacon's a good thing. But, you know, uh, a pound of bacon every day uh, is not a good thing. We'll start on the
0: Atkins diet. Oh, wait, no. Okay. Never mind. I'm yeah. no, still not good. <laughs>
1: Suppose says I endorse anything regarding the Atkins diet, mean, the dietary recommendations made by Dr. Chris Bergwald. If you are in need of dietary help, you should contact the help. The con- you should contact a health professional,
0: the physician kind of doctor, not the theologian kind of doctor.
1: Well, those disclaimers are hard work, but so um so in, in, in knowing the good and choosing the good.
0: So the pound of bacon, sorry, so a pound of bacon every day isn't necessarily a good thing. Prudence is where I get right. you off track.
1: Pound of bacon a pound of bacon every other day is perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, anyways, a friend of mine once asked if he should be worried that his wife was encouraging him to smoke more and was cooking for him a pound of bacon each day. <laughs> but uh, so so that's you know, and and there we get to kind of the Hebrew notion of sin, that sin is missing the mark. Um, uh, And some biblical theologians talk about that the word uh, for sin in Hebrew In the Old Testament is about missing the mark And so it's not much about doing evil um, Although it is evil But that also comes to, anyways, we could go into the whole idea of what is evil But that sin is missing the mark Um, And maybe just go into the idea of evil, what is evil? Evil isn't a thing unto itself, so to speak But it's the absence of good the privation, if you want to use Thomistic language,
0: of a the privation of a do good,
1: of a do good, and so on. not the privation of a what's the opposite of a do good?
0: Well, a, do, a good, a good in the sense a, a, D-U-E. Good that, D-U-E, a good that ought to be there. So um, uh, the privation of a do good. So in other words, it's not an evil that I do not have the good of wings because wings are not due to me as a human being. Uh,
1: and so, it's not an evil that I'm deprived of a pound of bacon every morning.
0: Um, no, sorry, you are not to so. a pound of bacon. I had to think about that. Think, you know, think th- that through. But in the end, no. So, so yeah. So that's the mystic sense, uh, absolutely. And I think more than that. That's the way the, the common tradition in the church speaks about evil is the privation of a do good. So yes, excellent.
1: And so Eve, then in this case, wasn't owed uh, the knowledge of good and evil. If you go back to the fall, original sin, Adam and Eve weren't wasn't due to them to have this knowledge of good and evil. Rather, that was something that's due to God alone, and that they received from Him in certain ways because they received direction, directives, law, covenant uh, from Him. Uh, And then they sought to grasp for themselves something that wasn't due to them, something that wasn't proper to them.
0: Or, and I think the key there is grasping. I mean, it's not so much that God is trying to keep Adam and Eve ignorant and unknowing. It's that, as you were saying, they receive it from him as opposed to them taking it. I'm going to take this. As opposed, I'm going to right. receive this from God. As opposed to our Lord, who did not uh, deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather took the... Rather emptying himself, taking the form of a slave. Exactly. So,
1: anyway. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 or 6 and following, for those of you scoring at home. There you go. So, uh, so, so how, how do we see this in a practical level in our own life? I mean, we, we can do the pound of bacon analogy, but how do we see this maybe practically in our own life?
0: So, w- one thing that comes to my mind is is just, you know, as as I'm going throughout my day, or okay, let me do this sort of retroactively. At the end of my day, when I think back about do an examination of conscience and about the ways that I've uh, failed to to live up to what I'm called to be, the way I've, I've sinned that day. All too often, I tend to when I've sinned, it's because there's been something that I want to do, which in and of itself may be good. But again, at that time or that place, um, I w- I should not have done that particular thing. Um, so, so maybe let's take an example of something like um, uh, we're we're in Lent, the season of discipline, of fasting and abstinence. The opposite of that, something like gluttony. Food is a good thing. Uh, Drink is a good thing. God provides these things for us. They're good things for us to, to, to be able to enjoy. We need them for nutrition. However, just because it's good doesn't mean I should, going with our common theme now, eat a pound of bacon every day. Bacon is a good thing. But to eat it or in excess is sinful. Um, right. be, because i ought not to have done. Or other ways, you know, there's so many other ways. where um, Maybe the, the Internet is a good there's so thing. Many ways to there's so many ways. Let me count the ways. Uh, the Internet is a good thing. But if I spend hours at home online pay, playing um, online games with other people instead of being with my, my wife and my children, that's sinful. Because I have I'm, this, this good thing has supplanted the better thing that I ought to be giving my attention, my will, my being to.
1: Very much so. I mean, that's why, uh, and because of that sinful inclination, that's why workplaces put restrictions so often on Internet use. Yeah. You know, it's because you should be doing work. Right. And right. for some reason, you don't have that self-control. Right. Which actually brings us, I think, nicely to the season of Lent, as you were referring to a little bit. But that's why, you know, is meat do do Catholics abstain from meat because meat is bad? No, no, meat's good. Okay, That's did why. Did ha- uh, uh, do Catholics abstain uh, or you know give up pop or chocolate or TV during Lent because they're bad? It's bad. No, no. Okay, we do it to teach us to learn to go to school and how to resist an apparent good. For the sake of the best goods, if exactly. you will, I could use that sort of language. Yes, yes you may. Uh, okay. No, I want to hear your on. Uh. Oh
0: no, no no no! I was just going to say yeah. I compl- I was going to express my agreement with you that the apparent the apparent good or a good, but you're giving that up for something which is better or greater.
1: Right, for the sake of the better good, and so. Um, and so, that it, so Lent can be that training gr- ground then so that when the moment of temptation comes, when we're tempted to that pound of bacon uh, three days in a row uh, or whatever it might be, we can resist that apparent good and say, no, this good is not as good as my health. Um, this good is not, as, is not as good as being able to go to the doctor and not have him berate me for my cholesterol levels because I've been eating this much bacon. Um, you know, or to put it more concretely, so a temptation to sin in some way, uh, you know, one of the capital sins, um, greed, anger, uh, or wrath, uh, lust, jealousy, envy, um, sloth, one of these things. So in that temptation to do that thing that appears to be good, it appears to be good to uh, lash out in anger against someone who has hurt you, um, but to set aside that apparent good for the sake of, that highest good of your eternal soul in its union with God here on earth and in heaven.
0: Right. And so it's always, there's either a real good or at least an apparent good that that we have to refuse for the greater good. So uh, we never, the bottom line in some ways, is that we never... We never choose evil for its own sake. We commit evil acts, we commit sinful acts, but we never choose evil for its own sake. It's always the result of our choice for an apparent good.
1: Exactly, and so then that's in some ways that's kind of the difficulty of uh, the human life. I mean, and that we get into kind of the crux of the human life is uh, that discernment and that looking. That's why we why we need to as. Uh, Catholic Christians to be beseeching and seeking um, the uh, Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, uh, to enlighten our minds, to uh, help us cho- choose. You know, as uh, you receive in confirmation uh, these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, of which includes wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, uh, and fortitude um, directly uh, related to our actions and our choices.
0: Yeah, I, that's the, the idea that I need to have receive the gift and power of the Holy Spirit. The importance of prayer, of, of maintaining a regular prayer life, so I'm aware of, of the ways that I am tempted and the reality of sin, uh, is certainly is something which is essential if we are going to avoid committing sins. It's not just that we need God's grace uh, in terms of strengthening our wills, to avoid the sin, but also we need His grace, the, the 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 gifts of the Holy Spirit, to strengthen our minds, our intellects, so that we can see sinful things for what they are, see, recognize apparent goods as only apparent goods, and choose the the greater good instead. Yeah. So
1: I, two thumbs up. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. You can see two thumbs. As opposed to, so now that we totally explain sin for you, there's really no reason to do any more of these uh, podcasts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say there's really no more reason why you should do it. I mean, you know what sin is, so stop it. I mean, come on. Stop. <laughs> Knowledge I mean, is power, Francis Bacon said, so now you know, and therefore was... you have the power.
1: Uh, I used to watch uh, G.I. Joe cartoons growing up. I don't know if anyone here ever watched those. Uh, Or maybe your children did. Uh, But, in fact, it was so formative on my mom, my watching of uh, G.I. Joe cartoons, that there would be a little phrase at the end of every episode, and now you know, and knowing is half the battle.
0: Knowing is half the battle.
1: And uh, so my mom, even still to this day, says knowing is half the battle. But, actually, you know the horrible thing? The horrible thing is, is that we learn that when we enter into that battle, knowing is maybe like 10%. <laughs> so I've, I've never gone in uh, to go to confession myself and been like, if only I knew that was a sin. Right. You know, I usually know that things are sins. I usually know that a situation is going to lead me to sin. It's just that I still choose it anyways. Yes. And it's really that choosing – Um, that needs to be strengthened in me, and that resistance to those choices that needs to be strengthened in me.
0: You know, Father, there's one other point I want to make here, Um, talk about the nature of sin uh, along these lines, and that is that um, it's important to remember that when we call something sin um, or evil, we're just recognizing it for what it is, as opposed to saying the church declares something to be sinful that wasn't sinful before. I think sometimes we 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 think that well the church it's some, this is sinful just be, the church says it's sinful that's why it's sinful no no the church helps us to see and understand the nature of reality that it really is sinful right uh, that
1: it's that, that it's sinful in and of itself it's not sinful just because we declare it to be so exactly you know um, by uh, declaration it's it's not like in that same way some laws in the United States. For you, know, you could think, uh, for instance, speed limits. You know, that uh, 75 was uh, not okay, but now 75 is okay. Right. You know, um, in that sense. and In uh, a certain sense, it's... I mean, while I mean, speed limits are based on certain things, you know, the type of traffic flow, access to sure. the road, things like that. Um, at the same time, um, it's... Uh, um, it's somewhat arbitrary because we have the exact same interstates exactly. here as they do in Minnesota, but our interstate is 75 and exactly. theirs are 70.
0: Exactly. Yeah, arbitrary is the key word. Things like that, those sorts of rules are arbitrary, but the church's teachings about what is sinful, those are not arbitrary. Um, at least the best. There are a few things, like the, the precepts where the church has the ability to change them. Um, you you maybe a little bit you could say in in some sense they're arbitrary or at least the church could change them but in the vast majority of sins when it's not a matter of violating a church precept when it's simply doing something wrong um, it's not it's not the church's uh, de- declaration that X is a sin that makes X sinful. It's this: the church is the saying is sin is like a warning sign. Look out! Don't touch this. Hot. Do not touch. Or slippery when wet. It's just a sign identifying the danger rather than the sign that makes the danger actually dangerous.
1: Correct. It's it's dangerous unto itself, unto uh, its. in and of itself.
0: Right. Yep. Um, I think that's another thing that oftentimes people. Misconstrue uh, the church's understanding of sin. That dang it! For, for the church, I could just have so much fun. No, you couldn't. You'd still you'd still be committing sins. You just wouldn't know it. You'd be sick, but there would be no physician. To, there would be no diagnosis of the sickness that you have.
1: Right. So. Um, the truck is still a truck, even if you don't see it coming. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So. So on that happy note. <laughs>
1: How's that happy? Uh,
0: uh, healthy. It's a healthy note, Father.
1: Note. Okay. Well, so then it is
0: happiness. I exa- very thank you very much for completing that circle for me. So, uh, any any final or closing thoughts for this week, Father Andrew Dickinson? Be good. Avoid evil.
1: And avoid evil. Well, no, I said be good. Be good would be avoiding evil.
0: I know, but the the, the the fundamental precept of the natural law is be good and avoid evil. So I was right. just, yeah, anyway, anyway.
1: Okay, <laughs> be good. I said, this is my final thought, not your final thought. <laughs> See, what happened there, dear listeners, is that Dr. Chris Bergwald saw an apparent good, the good of fulfilling my phrase, exactly. even though it was a false good because it was my phrase to use.
0: I thought you were done, so I was giving... Okay, never mind. I'm going to go now. All right.
1: Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thank you, dear listeners.
0: And uh, we will be back once again next week. Next week, uh, Father won't be able to be with us, but we will have our illustrious guest hosts, Kevin and Renee, once again. So, Father, uh, have a terrific rest of your first week and second week of, of Lent.
1: And you as well.
0: Thank you very much, Father, and we will see you next week on Prairie Roam Companion.